TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Warning. The Outsider's Edge contains strong opinions, unconventional views, and contrarian stances. Listen, if you dare. Hey, yo! the sound of those sirens that can only mean one thing thank you for listening to another edition of the outsider's edge this is not your boy rance aka ray cash he is still out on assignment doing some big boy stuff this is your main man mr kyle moores and i reached back in to our bag of friends and family this week and this week i brought back a recurring friend of the podcast one of our best co-host and recurring guest mr darren mags kirby how you doing sir i'm doing well i'm this week's replacement uh i know that that joke fell on deaf ears in the chat but i thought i'd uh i'd roll it back out <laughs> uh, yeah somewhere somewhere clive is laughing <laughs> yeah exactly clive will get that and, and nobody else uh yeah i'm doing good uh Excited to talk some uh, some wrestling on Outsiders Edge. I don't think I'm on this show enough for my liking. Well, and you know, I do have recurring space now, so like, uh, you know, you can just start coming on a lot more often, man. I'm always happy to have you. Um, so you know, we missed y'all last week because, quite frankly, I was feeling not very healthy, and I needed to attend to that. So you know. Some shit went down, but not a whole lot of shit. So we're back to hit you this week with some of that good positivity here on the Chairshot Radio Network, where we invite you to enjoy your day the Chairshot way and always use your head. Now, you know who is not using their head this week, Mags? There's quite a few people, but I think I know who is at the top of that list. I mean... We have got to start the week, obviously, with the news that one Mr. Jimmy Uso was arrested again for driving under the influence. Again. This time, Jimmy was pulled over at about 10.35 p.m. on Monday in Pensacola because he ran a red light going 50 miles an hour in a 35-mile-an-hour zone. And they gave him a breathalyzer test after he failed the field sobriety test. And our dog, Jimmy Uso, blew a 0.205. 
on that breathalyzer. At 10.30 at night, the legal limit, for those of you that don't know these things, the legal limit in most states is 0.08. That's a hell of a lot more. I mean, 0.205 is almost enough for you to have to be hospitalized. Like, that is bordering on alcohol poisoning. How he was able to be stood up. How, I mean, he obviously he shouldn't have been, but how he was able to drive a vehicle at that level. I mean, I've I've been drunk in my time, but I have never, I've, I don't think I've ever been as drunk as 0.205. And I couldn't operate a broom in those moments. So Absolutely for him to, to, to be in control of a, a, a 1.5 ton vehicle is terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Yeah, it, it's it's super fucking scary. The other part of it that's super fucking scary is this is not the first time that he's been involved in drunk driving. Yeah, so uh, he got the last time was a DUI. In, the last time was, in, was in Pensacola as well, I think. Yep. Yeah, well, he I think Pensacola is where he lives. I'm pretty sure yeah. um, him and Roman and the family live in Pensacola. Um, the last time was in Pensacola in July of 2019. Mm-hmm. He got booked for a DUI, um, but he also was involved in that drunken issue in Detroit where Naomi was driving. Because is that, is that the one where they were driving the wrong way down a one-way street? They were either driving the wrong way down a one-way street, or they were swerving, or there was something mm-hmm. going on with that. Naomi was driving; she wasn't driving drunk, but mm-hmm. they were having an it, they were having a dispute. Mm-hmm. And then he got into it with the cops. Yes. And so, like, this is this a is pattern. a recurring pattern yeah. for Jimmy. And this is the kind of recurring pattern where I'm just like, you need help. And this is a recurring pattern that we've seen time and time again with the with uh, wrestlers. Jeff Hardy. Oh, yeah. Scott Matt Hall. Hardy. Yeah, it's uh, um, it's a, and it's a massive worry. Yeah, yeah, are a big thing. Um, but like even more so than that, like it's just it's the frequency, it's the level, um, it's the fact that like you're doing this when you are being booked in the biggest storyline in the company. So like this isn't even a case of you're not being used and nobody cares about you and you've fallen through the crack. Like, nah, you're you're at the heights mm-hmm. right now. You're in the position of prominence right now because you were the linchpin of the storyline right now. Yes. Where are um, Jimmy's loyalties? Is Jimmy with the fam? Is Jimmy riding with it because he's riding with it? Or is he riding with it because he hails to the chief? Like... It's 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 a massive concern that every time he seems to be hitting those hearts and uh, becoming uh, getting a major push, he self destructs in ways like this. Um, well, and what's I mean, also concerning about it is just like it's 2021. There's no excuse to drive drunk ever because Uber and Lyft are a thing, and you got a six figure downside. And he's also got a, a, a family and an entourage that is massive who is letting him get into this state and then drive a vehicle. 
what is happening in his life. I mean, I don't want to rag on the guy because he's clearly got issues. There's clearly some deep-rooted uh, mental issues that he needs to deal with. We've seen it with uh, with Jeff. Like I said, we've seen it with Matt. We've seen it with, with Scott Hall. These are uh, problems that and the alcohol is not the problem. The alcohol is, is kind of like um, the a reaction to the of problem. The problem. Yeah. It's a symptom of trying to self-treat whatever the problem is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very concerning. I think it's easy for people to try to blame, you know, others in this situation. But, like, you know, what's Naomi going to do? What's yeah. she going to do at the end of the day? Even, if, like, Naomi is a, is a fit athlete and a very strong woman. Jay is still bigger than her. I mean, her, I, Jimmy I, is still bigger, bigger than her. What is she going to do? It's not even about that because it's the fact he's 35 years old. He's, he's, uh, he's old enough to know how to make his own decisions and the consequences of those decisions. Sometimes uh, people need to um, realise the consequences of, of the choices that they make. Uh, and for, for Jimmy, it's getting to the point where he may need to serve some sort of, uh, some sort of punishment to to make him realize that this is not acceptable well and so let's let's think you know to bring it back into the wrestling sphere because i mean we're both in agreement that this is both a cry for help and a scary one at that Mm -hmm. um let's think about if you're the company what should they do and what will they do let's start with what should they do in your opinion what should they do if you're the company right now he should be immediately taken off TV, uh, um, assisted into some sort of uh, counselling or rehab um, and uh, help to get to the root of this problem, um, to get to the reason why he drinks and then drives. Um, that's what WWE should do. They should be helping this man with his, with his clear mental issues. I would... I would be inclined to agree, especially with the part that, like, in order to enforce the fact that actions do have consequences, um, definitely got to pull them from everything right now. Like, actions have consequences, health comes first. Um, You have been arrested for a repeat offense for the same thing, um, and or for the same substance abuse problem, and you clearly have some kind of a substance abuse problem going on so like as a consequence of that we got to pull you off tv this can't be your this can't be your focus right now we got to take you off tours like we've got to make you focus on your health first um and i do agree he should be kind of mandated to go to company sponsored rehab which is something that we know they do all the fucking time yeah i mean they, they do it for wrestlers who haven't been with the company for for decades yeah, they uh, and it's one of the things that like everybody says about them, even the people that shit on them all the time. They're just like, oh no, every time I went to rehab, Vince paid for it. Yeah, the, the, I, I saw a recent interview with uh, X Pac. Uh, mm-hmm. He was talking with uh, Chris Van Vliet. Uh, oh, yeah, the, I think he said that Hunter and Vince have paid for him to go to rehab like what four times. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, when he needed back surgery, uh, it was on WWE's dam. Um, so if they I mean, were, shit, uh, they just um, Renee was just talking about how Moxley had something going on 
not shortly after he had. Yeah. yeah, And when that was all happening, it was after he had been released. It was after he had already started taking dates and was going to be working with AEW and everything. And they were still just like, oh, yeah, no, we got you. This was an injury you suffered on our time, on our dime. Like, we got you. So, like, they, they do that. And I don't doubt that they will pay for him to go to rehab or that they will insist that he should go to rehab. But my question is more like, will they do it now? What do you think they will do? Will they do what they're supposed to? Um, now, if we would have had this conversation a year ago, I would have said that WWE would have had him carried on the, uh, on TV as if nothing had changed. I mean, if you go back a, a year or so ago, Sheamus and uh, Jeff Hardy were still having this storyline where uh, Sheamus was mocking Jeff for, for uh, being alcoholic and they had him peeing in a jug and stuff like that. That was when Jeff was still very deep with his demons. Uh, I think he'd only yeah. just uh, recently had a had a, another issue. So a year ago, I think WWE would have would have um, happily carried on the storyline because the show must go on. Now with all the the releases and the way Nick, uh, Nick Khan has uh, has called that that uh, team, uh, people getting cut when they're already involved in storylines, um, big name wrestlers getting uh, getting the chop. Feel that um, that he's he would be more at risk now. Um, I feel that um, if the the truth is that uh, WWE are looking to maybe uh, uh, sell, having this in the forefront and not acting on it. Would be uh would would kind of undo all the work that Nick Khan's doing with uh with making the company look uh profitable, um, but you never know with WWE. This is a huge storyline that's happening. Um, they can kind of uh rebook it, I suppose. I mean, they could easily have Jay play the part of Jimmy. Um, but <laughs> I mean, but, they could do that. That would be so fucked up, but they could do that. Um. Especially, it would be super fucked up after they just did the storyline last summer of which one are you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I think the clear, and I think honestly, the direction the storyline with Roman was going to go is Roman would continue to confuse them for each other until Jay is finally just like, man, fuck you. I, I have a feeling, though, we will uh, we'll find out on uh, SmackDown that that Jimmy's injured or Jimmy's taken out by Roman um, and he's off TV again for a while. Well, I mean, we can only hope that that's what's going to happen. Realistically, Mm -hmm. though, all we want is we want Jimmy to get whatever help he needs so that, like, he doesn't become another wrestling tragedy because wrestling and that family especially have had enough of those. Mm Mm-hmm. Nobody absolutely that. absolutely yeah yeah i hope he i really do hope he gets the the help that he clearly clearly needs um because like we've said this is seeming to be a recurring issue um and there's obviously some deep-seated uh reasoning why he's feeling uh that he needs to get so intoxicated and then get behind the wheel it's it's worrying yeah it it really is um but you know you brought up Nick Khan, and he brought up some of the decisions that he's been making. Um, let's Segway. kind of transition. Yeah, let's transition here a little bit, and let's talk about, you know, are we done with these releases? Like, 
are, are they is is there still people in there that they got to get rid of? Like what's left? Because like they've started to go beyond trimming the fat and started to like trim some like names you've heard of and names that were like actively on television. I mean, shit, Breezango were the tag team champions six months ago. Everaz were in an angle on NXT and they got cut. Yeah, weren't they in an angle with Hit Row? Yeah, they were they were uh, doing kind of skits where uh, they would sit there with a, a cup of coffee uh, and do their all kind of Everaz rules stick. And then they they did that on one show, and then two days later they 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 were they're cut. just both gone. Um, yeah, I mean, two hundred five live in general was really just like eliminated from <sighs> cold. Yeah, just like all right, we're done with this. Bye. Um. But more generally, though, I'm just, on the one hand, I feel like there's not a whole lot left to release. On the other hand, like, I don't think I can underestimate Nick Khan at this point. I believe that there are more cuts on the way. I really, really do. When you look at the the stars that they're bringing into uh, into NXT with the uh, with the breakout tournament, even the 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 the, the wrestlers that have debuted uh, in in that kind of short space since the cuts, they seem to be almost ready rep- made replacements for stars that WWE have already got. I mean, you look at Odyssey Jones, that's that's Keith Lee, that's a younger, less well paid Keith Lee. Um, I mean, I, I still believe that the whole reason, one of the reasons why Braun Strowman was released was because he wasn't the the big man on on the show anymore. That was all. Oh, Braun was Braun was definitely a cost measure. Yeah, like Braun was definitely a cost measure. Not even in the sense, and it wasn't even so much because he wasn't the big star on the show anymore. It was because his downside was so large. Because mm-hmm. Braun was smart enough to know, like, let me get this money while I can get this money. Um, and so his downside was so large that when he became what he always probably was, which is an upper mid-card cane type guy that, like, mm-hmm. occasionally you use in the world title when you, like, in case of emergency break open glass. Um, when that became what he was, it was just like, whoa, whoa, we paying you an awful lot of money to just and, be Baron Corbin. And he's not bringing it in. Uh, I, I honestly believe that Nick Khan has a, a a dollar figure for every single wrestler. And if you cost a company more than you bring in, you're up for the chop. I, I, I would say there's a handful that are, are untouchable. Uh, but everybody else, it's fair game. Man, I'll say this, though, with Braun. Like, of all of the releases, Braun is the biggest one that I'm just like, man, they fucked that up. Like, they, oh, they just they fucked that up. Mm-hmm. He was so hot when he was flipping Roman over in the ambulances and shit. Like, he was so hot. And they fucked it up. Mm-hmm. I mean, even even when they had the uh, the the WrestleMania match against um, uh, Sheamus and Cesaro, the bar, when he was doing the whole brains and brawn thing, he was the star of of Raw. Everybody loved him, uh, and then went into the the title picture, and then loss after loss, and it just made him look like an absolute joke. 
Um, and then again, his, his stock dived, and he was uh, it was not worth the money that they were paying him. For me, the beginning of the end was Nicholas. That yes. was that was the sign. I was just like, oh, oh, this is where we are. Well, mm-hmm. it's been real. It's been fun. Uh, but it ain't been real fun. So uh, this is gonna <laughs> suck. Um, but you know, we've already seen being released is not the end of the world. You know, look at Andrade. He had a big debut on Dynamite. Uh, or big debut match on Dynamite this past week. Um, Alistair Black, now Malachi Black, um, debut. I'm sure we will get to um, this past week. Um, I mean, and of course he's feuding with neck tattoo because why wouldn't he be feuding with neck tattoo? Uh, but like you know, being released is not the end of the world. It's just that it feels so weird when the company continues to see these like record profits and record revenue to see them doing this like massive clearing out of talents. Yes. It's, it's, it's very, very jarring. And uh, it actually kind of, it's reminded me of, um, of another show that, that we're doing here on Chair Shot, Changing Attitude. We're going back to 1996 uh, and the, the beginning of the Attitude Era. And what we've noticed is, on those rows, they only use a handful of talent. Um, we've we've maybe seen ten uh, different wrestlers in the, the the ten or so episodes that we've covered so far. Uh, so that to me, I mean, and I know it's it's kind of like uh, an apples and oranges comparison with the amount of content WWE uh, churn out now. Um, but if you kind of extrapolate the numbers, there's still a very bloated roster there, and there's still people who are sat back in catering, not able to, to get on TV. And with this amount of cuts happening, how many of them are looking over the shoulder and thinking, Jesus, I'm next. I've got to be next. Well, some of them might be thinking, Jesus, I'm next. And some of them might be thinking, oh, geez, can I, I be next? I hope I'm next. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, some of, like, certain talents don't work within their creative structure for a number of reasons. I mean... I think a good example of one, and we'll talk about him more when we get to Great American Bash, Karrion Cross. like, I don't see what the big deal is about this dude. Like, other than his wife is attractive to straight people. Like, that's literally the only thing about this. Like, this dude is a scrub. Oof. I, I think... It's more because he stands out so much on NXT where it's a very much a work rate based uh, wrestling show. I think even on the main roster, he would be outclassed. If your star, like no disrespect to Johnny Wrestling, no disrespect to Johnny Wrestling. But if your star is being outshined by Johnny Gargano in NXT at this point, Johnny Gargano, who's been in NXT forever, who's done literally everything that there is to do, who like we're all kind of fatigued on because you really got to like show up with a Mac 11 and a bazooka if you want to win a match against him. Um, Like if (laughs) that man is outshining you this badly, that's worrisome. I don't see him succeeding in the main roster. I see his wife succeeding. Because mm-hmm. that's money. She's yes. money. She's attractive and weird and has this presence about her that's, like, easily booked. But, like, I don't 
And I mean, admittedly, I've never seen the appeal. I didn't see the appeal of Killer Cross. I don't see the appeal of Carrion Cross. He's just a like bootleg discount wannabe Steve Austin bald guy. I mean, I, I can see that point, um, but looking at this from a Vince McMahon um, uh, standpoint, he's t- he's a uh, muscler, he's big, he's got tattoos, he's got a smoking hot wife, he's got everything Vince McMahon loves. All he needs to do is get rid of the wrestler, and then there we go. I mean, Vince would love to get rid of the wrestler. Vince yes. don't give a shit about the wrestling. <laughs> Uh, but I, I honestly think uh, he stands out. Uh, he looks weak in NXT because it is. Uh, it's almost expected that you have to go twenty minutes at hundred miles an hour. Uh, I think on uh, on uh, Raw he does kind of like six minute slow plodding matches would work better for him. Uh, but we all know that the star is Scarlett. It's as simple as that. She's she's the one with the charisma. Easily, easily. He just, he just broods. Everything. He just broods. Yeah, basically. Um, So we're going to take a quick ad break. And then after the ad break, we will talk some Great American Bash. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Go to powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Get your free month. Again, that's powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Why should you visit thechairshot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Thanks for helping us pay the bills, y'all. So this week was a pretty big week for NXT and AEW, which, you know, considering we record this show on a Thursday, are the good wrestling shows that happened before our recording time. Sorry, Raw, you're still a chore. Although I will say I am into Kofi versus Bobby. (laughs) I'm into that. But otherwise, NXT and AEW both had some big shows this week. NXT got it started with Great American Bash 2. Um, What were your thoughts on the show overall? What were your favorite moments? What do you think is coming next? Where do you think they're going from here? Give me just your impressions from Great American Bash. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, uh, 
I thought that the opener was was absolutely amazing. Uh, anytime you open with a with a, like a hot tag match, especially with a, uh, I love the uh, the speed of MSK versus the kind of brutality of a of a toothless Timmy and uh, Tommy Champa. I thought that was a great match. Um, the, the I loved co- the way they finished that match because it leaves the door open for. Champa and Thatcher to go after them again later. It was all, it, and it also leaves the the option for Champa versus Thatcher again, uh, which was a, a which few. Which is probably we, where it'll go eventually. Yeah, I mean I, that few we didn't seem to get any kind of like uh, finality to it. They just kind of melded into a tag team. Um, I, the the main event was was everything that you need in wrestling. That was just so damn good. Two of arguably the best wrestlers in the world. And, I agree. And then the the women's tag match. Oh my good lord, that was brilliant. So we start looks looks every single bit a star. And I'm not even that concerned with how quickly that title has been hot shotted because it's it's highlighting really, really talented women. Um, whereas you look at the 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 towels on uh, on the main roster, it's it seems to have, it, aside from the um, uh, Sasha Banks and, and Baylor, it's always been put on uh, people who maybe maybe weren't the best wrestlers. Where this one, it's been talent after talent: Dakota Kai and uh, Ra- uh, Raquel Gonzalez, Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. Uh, obviously, the way, and now uh, with Zoe Starks and Eo Shirad, that's a um, that's going to be fun. That's going to be a, a, a fun to watch. My only complaint with the women's tag match has nothing to do with the match itself because the match was great. The story they they told was great. Tegan Knox returning to cost the way the title was great. I, I'm here for all of that. My only thought as I was watching the match is I'm just like, how is Eo Shirai still here? That was, like, my big thought the entire time. Like, I'm just like, why, why is Io Shirai still here? No disrespect to Zoe Stark, and I'm happy for Io and Zoe as tag champs. I know they're going to do, you know, great matches and have fun stories, and, like, I've, I've got faith in them, but I'm just like, the women's division on the main roster, like, needs bodies big time. On and, SmackDown especially. Yeah, SmackDown especially is desperately in need of bodies. We're gearing up for money in the bank of all pay-per-views, and she's the goddess of the skies. Like, mm-hmm. put this girl up on the main roster. Uh, I mean, there is the, the still the kind of like animosity between Zoe and Eo, because if you recall last week, um, Eo said she respects Zoe, uh, but doesn't like her. So it's still going with that... Uh, um, almost kind of like enemies as tag teams. How will they coexist? Blah 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 blah. Um, so it, it could very well be a, a, a short run, um, and then we get Eo uh, moving up. I mean, I would love to see him in Money in the Bank. That would be amazing. But the I don't one, think it'll be that soon. The other one that I I want to move up because she's a fucking star and a license to print money, but she's never moving up because her husband's not fucking going anywhere. Candice is just like. Candace is so fucking good. And mm-hmm. I mean, I've known that. We've all known that for years. Candace LeRae is fucking amazing. Um, has been ever since she tag teamed with that guy we will not name on this show. Um, like, she's just so great. And 
this character, this like poison pixie character that she's got going on and everything that they've established with the way. And like, she is a star and I would love to see her be able to be the fucking star that she is against (laughs) Bailey and Bianca and Sasha and Charlotte and like Asuka and the bigger names in the division. But I know she's not going anywhere because she's happily she's happy being there with Johnny. I mean, can you can you um can you not understand that? I, oh, I, absolutely. I, I don't blame her at all. Mm-hmm. I I'm just selfishly really sad and disappointed as a fan mm-hmm. because I'm just like, uh, it would be so good and she would be such a fucking star because she just gets it and she does yeah. character well. Um but like I get it. You with your you you're with your husband. Y'all are happy. Like and, be happy. And, and all Vince would say is that she plays. Uh, she's good at playing evil, wacky characters. I've already got that with Alexa Bliss. So it put her in the the eye of uh, maybe Vince saying, "Oh well, I don't need her. I can I can cut her." And that's what we don't want. So we'll leave Candice firmly in NXT. I guess that's fair. I mean. You know, the difference between them, the difference between them is Candace can actually wrestle. Yeah, there's a there's a definitely a, a disparity in wrestling. That's, that's that's the major difference is that Candace is actually good at the wrestling. Alexa Bliss is the three star savior of the women's division. Um, she fulfills the role that Vince wants. Yes, she does. Yes, she does. She does exactly what she's told. Um, no, for me, um, I would agree with everything that you've said. The match of the night was definitely the main event. Um, Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly are just so fucking good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious as to what's next with them because, like, the main event of NXT feels very crowded. Yes. Right now, especially because it feels crowded with a bunch of people that the company has shown no seeming interest in moving. Mm-hmm. Because, like, if they were going to move Roddy Strong, they would have moved him instead of bringing him back to be in... The Diamond Mine. Yeah, instead of bringing him back to be in the Diamond Mine. Um, you would think that if they're going to move O'Reilly, I guess the time would be now, um, or Cole, one or the other, but I don't see them moving either of them. Um, and so it's just like, I don't know that, that main event scene feels very crowded right now. Yeah. And, and the way the, the match ended as well, we, we kind of got finality. So it, it seems that their story is over, uh, with no kind of leading to what the next story is going to be. Uh, we've obviously got, uh, carrying cross tied up with Johnny Gagano in the title picture. So we've now got, uh, O'Reilly, Cole, Pete Dunn all sat around twiddling the thumbs uh waiting in line. Yeah. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see where they go from there. It'll be interesting to see if any of those people get called up now that they're touring again. Because that could be another reason some people haven't been called up. They could have been waiting for them to be like in front of actual fans. So, you know, maybe we'll see some surprise call ups coming up. Yeah, perhaps. Uh, but I think for me, 
the 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 best moment on this show was uh was index back together that was so heartwarming Mm. it's a love story for the ages it really just is (laughs) it just is it's so wholesome and psychopathic it's so psychopathic beyond the shadow of a doubt psychopathic (laughs) so wholesome so psycho um so that was a uh, all in all, Great American Bash was a great show, y'all. If you didn't see it, make sure you go check it out. Uh, well worth your time. Um, Dynamite, AEW, they had a big show last night. Um, big in the sense that this was their first show outside of Daly's Place in quite a long while. And they were in front of a fiery Miami crowd. Yes. Um, and there's a lot going on in Dynamite right now, but... Definitely the big thing is it looks like they're finally pulling the trigger on uh, Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. Oh, that stare-off. That stare-off. Um, there's, uh, there's somebody, and I can't remember the name, and I really do apologize, but uh, somebody on Twitter wrote out a long-ass thread of the, the storyline between... Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Hangman, Hangman retweeted it. It was so good. He retweeted and he, and he said something like, oh, uh, thanks for, uh, for... Don't you hate it when some asshole writes a biography about your life? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's such a, a well-told story. And then um, this, that stare down with the belt in the middle and Hangman pointing, uh, teeing up like he was going to go for the, uh, the bookshot. Oh, my God. How about the pop he got, though, first of all? Mm-hmm. First of all, like... So Kenny and Don Callis come out to the ring, and I will say this, you know, for a while, the belt collector thing wasn't hitting for me, but I finally figured out what it was that wasn't hitting. It wasn't that that wasn't hitting, it's that Matt and Nick Jackson were involved, and I hate the Jacksons so much, with such a passion, that that being associated with Even when they were wearing their Daisy Dukes. Like, like... Them being associated with it at all, I was just like, man, I fucking hate those dudes. But now that they're doing their thing in its own little part of the show, fighting against Eddie Kingston, um, and Kenny's not with that, much more, much more here for it. Because, I mean, the character is so good. Um, So, but um, Kenny and Don come out and they do the same spiel from last week. Only Don is actually there to talk about it and basically cuts the same promo. And the fans are chanting, you got fired, Adam, because he's not with Impact anymore. Um, (laughs) Gail Kim tweeted uh, saying, how would they know? Uh, How would they know? (laughs) Like the hint that nobody watches Impact. Uh, But yeah, uh, that crowd was hot. They were super hot. And so then, you know, when they get into the there's no challengers, the crowd is already screaming for Hangman. They are just ready fucking for it. And when that Dark Order music hit, they went banana pancakes for Evil Uno. Um, And so they come out. The Evil Uno gives the same spiel about like, why are you ducking my friend? Why are you ducking my friend? You scared of my friend. Um, so then Gallows and Anderson come out and do a beatdown, fighting against the Dark Order, and then that Hangman music hits. And when that music hit, the roof blew off that mm-hmm. arena. They were here for it. 
Uh, he comes out. He beats the shit out of Gallows and Anderson. And they do that stare down, like you said. And, like, I am just, I am fired up. And you know what I want? It's selfish, but you know what I want? I'm going to AEW Dynamite on July the 28th in Charlotte at the Bojangles Coliseum. I want Kenny versus Hangman so bad. So bad. So, so is it a, a TV taping of Dynamite or is it a... It is a, a TV. A no, it's a TV. Yeah, it's a live Dynamite. Okay, so you're not getting Kenny versus Hangman then. That's oh that's... That's a that's pay per view. I mean, you would think so. This ain't WCW. They ain't throwing New Hogan versus Goldberg for free. Are, are they? <laughs> are they? This is a sugar rush company. <laughs> all candy, all the time. AEW, all candy, all the time. Um, it, it could happen. No, I'm I sure. It, I really hope it does. I hope it does. Just just to see you pop. Oh, I will lose my shit because I will be there in my Hangman Page gear. Um, but no, no, I'm sure it won't happen. But even so, I'm I'm here for this story. It's such a well fucking told story. Um, Hangman is easy to cheer for as it is. Dark Order are easy to cheer for as it is. They're doing this thing apparently on BTE right now where the Bucks kicked the Dark Order off of BTE. Yes, they did. Um, for calling out. Kenny and Hangman just kind of strolls on afterwards and's like, what the fuck's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, you know, curious to see where that goes as well. Um, so yeah, I just, I'm really excited for that fucking story. Um, then you've got John Moxley versus John Machine Gun Anderson next week for the U.S. title, the IWGP U.S. title. That title up there. Yeah, that one. Um, I mean, Mox is obviously winning, right? Yeah, you can't put the title on a, a tag Carl team. Carl Anderson. Carl, and even on B, BTE, he was, uh, he was talking about cheating all the time. And he, he was so on the nose because of the recent news of him uh, pocket-dialing his, his wife whilst he was uh, getting it on with, uh, yeah. with yeah. someone else. Yeah. yeah, his formerly hot Asian wife. Yep. Um, Such a imagine. Scumbag. I know, right? Imagine uh, screwing that up, Jesus. Um, so that, but I mean, that's all part of next week is night one of Fighter Fest, which is mm-hmm. you know an annual tradition. So the next two weeks are obviously going to be Fighter Fest. That's the big main event of night one. Other matches for Fighter Fest include. Well, we've got uh, Britt Baker DMD versus Nala Rose for the for the uh, AW Women's Title. Is yeah. that might be on night two? Um, that one might be night two. I mean, Britt Baker is gonna win, so it don't matter. Um, Britt Baker's just so fucking good. I loved the promo that she cut talking about blood money and shit. The the best part though is, and it always is, it's Rebel. She is superb. She's like. No, she didn't. No, that's bullshit. It's, she is brilliant. She's played that that snarty uh, uh, assistant part perfectly. Oh, yeah. she's She is pretty much one of the things that makes DMD what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so that's the big night one of Fighter Fest. Um, 
Let's see. I'm trying to pull up the match listing if I can find the match list. I know we have the coffee match. Uh, that oh, that's the other big one is... Um, okay, so night one is going to be Brian Cage versus Ricky Stark for the FTW Championship, mm-hmm. which really, I think, is just the moment when Brian Cage gets kicked out of Team Taz. And turn face, yeah. Yes. yes, they've been building to that, so I'm pretty sure that this match ends with Cage getting kicked out of Team Taz, um, which, I mean, whatever. More hook, please. Um, but, yeah, I got Ricky Stark on that one. Then you've got Ethan Page versus Darby Allen in the coffin match. Um, you've got Christian Cage versus Matt Hardy. Mm-hmm. Penelope Ford versus Yuka Sakazaki. Yes, the return. The return. And then Mox versus Anderson. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a stacked card. That's, and it then is we'll a have, stacked card. We'll no doubt have uh, some kind of... Uh, um, Extension of Corda and uh, Alistair, I mean Malachi Black. Now, what did you think of that segment? What did you think of the segment? Let's talk about the Malachi Black segment. Okay. Um, the fact that he's in AW, that's superb. I think he fits AW more than he ever fitted main roster WWE. I agree. But it's going through fucking Cordy Rhodes again. Why does every big name have to lose to Cody Rhodes on the coming? It just makes you know absolutely why. not. Yeah, because he's so vain. Oh, well, Cody wins. I mean, he was in the opener. Um, again, uh, I get why. They because he QT Marshall the fucking jobber entrance, and then he squashed his ass. And that that essentially puts the factory uh, out to pasture because have they even won a match in this uh, Cody versus a gang um, uh, storyline that they've done? No, so they look absolutely piss weak. Yeah, and then, it, it, and then was he's a waste. In a, yeah, and then he's in another spot later on in the match. I mean, I get it. He's the star of the show. Everybody, but loves it's Cody. not even. But he's not even the star of the show. I've been arguing this for the last couple of episodes, and I still maintain it. Cody feels like a completely separate entity from the rest of Dynamite. Even right down to, you're right, he was the opener, and they gave QT Marshall the jobber entrance, so Dynamite started with Cody making his weird entrance that only he does, where Mm -hmm. the stage rises in the middle, and he, you know, comes out through the tunnel, and blah, blah, blah. So it's like, this is the Cody part of the show. And then that's over, and we're into the rest of the show. Because if you noticed, the segment where Malachi Black makes his debut wasn't with fucking Cody. We know the feud will be with Cody, Mm -hmm. but the segment was Arn. Mm -hmm. Arn's in the ring being interviewed by um, Tony, and they do the long-ass skit where they keep calling him Tommy to try to, you know, reference Tommy End. And he keeps saying, that's not my fucking name. And he's still got the eye patch because he's still selling the eye injury because Kayfabe's not dead, y'all. It's not. <laughs> it's just different. He posted a video on his Instagram as well uh, explaining uh, essentially why he's still got the eyes. Uh, in a, he's, he's essentially locked in a lunatic asylum. Uh, he's, he's getting grilled by these doctors. Yeah. And one of the doctors asks him... Um, 
uh, how's your ah? And then he does the the camera panning, and he's got this uh, this bruised, uh, uh, disfigured ah. And he said, "Yeah, it's um, it's it's still still painful from when it was rammed into the steps." And the doctor's like, "That didn't happen. That's in your mind." So that I love. Yeah, I love his story. Oh yeah, that 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 entire segment was great. The skit where where they're explaining all of that is great. Then you know, Jr. gonna Jr. And the announcer's gonna announce her, and he come like he clearly goes through that entire skit that he clearly put a lot of time and energy and effort into because we know that AEW gives their talent a lot of creative freedom. So clearly, this man put all this effort into doing this skit so that he could establish that he is Malachi Black. And what's the first thing they fucking say? It's That's Tommy End. End. It's Tommy Yen. Yes, he was Tommy Yen. You're right. He was. But he literally just told you he's Malachi Black. He <laughs> just said it. And and then we get Excalibur trying to explain it off saying, that's Tommy End, but that's not the Tommy End I faced in Germany, uh, in, in uh, PWG or whatever. This is someone new. This is somebody different. It's somebody sinister. This is Malachi Black. I'm like, motherfucker, shut up. Just let the segment breathe. Yeah, it you could have just it. said, you could have just said, oh shit, it's Malachi Black, apparently. Mm-hmm. Oh, who is this? Apparently this is Malachi Black. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I mean, shit. It's, it's, it's over egging the pudding. Yes, yes. That's there the are, there's, there's dropping Easter eggs, and then there's throwing Easter eggs at people's faces. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, okay, cool, you drop a subtle hint. The subtle hint was in the skit where they mm-hmm. kept calling him Tom, and he kept saying, that's not my name. That's your cute little Easter egg. Oh, yeah, he was Tommy N. That was, that's, oh, okay. Now, he's just told you his name. Just mm-hmm. call him by his name. But, I mean, it's just symptomatic of one of the, one of AEW's recurring things that I will criticize them for. Their commentary doesn't destroy the product. It doesn't kill it, but the commentary repeatedly does things that take you out of it mm-hmm. yeah. or that don't do what they're designed to do. And I think I really do think that the number one thing that they can do is just take Jr. out. I mean, the best Jr. part of this show was his sit down interview with uh, with Darby and, and Ethan yeah. Page where he was scripted, he, he knows his lines, what he's to say, he gets the story out. He's brilliant at that. Every time he's done a, a, a pre-recorded backstage uh, interview, he's nailed it every single time. The he's biggest he's got a problem, hot mic. Well, and the reason the hot mic is the big problem is because at this age and this stage of his career, he has lost his ability to pretend to be into the things he doesn't like. Mm-hmm. And he's been on record saying that, you know, they do a lot of things as a company that he, as an old school guy, isn't into. Yeah. Like, he, 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 he understands probably... why they do it, but he's been on record numerous times, even recently, saying, yeah, like, yeah, they do a lot of stuff I don't like. Yeah, he said on a recent episode of uh, Grilling JR that he hates it when all the wrestlers gather together outside the ring ready to catch somebody. Um, and it, that had happened on that previous week's AEW. Uh, so he, he was he was roundly ridiculing his own product. 
the thing with him is as he's, he's got older, he's lost that that filter. Yeah. He's, the words come out of his mouth before his brain kind of says, should I be saying this on a live mic? The stuff with the, the WWE Dynamite, yeah, it, it got passed off as a, a mistake, but it's a mistake that happens entirely too often. Um, Not only does it happen entirely too often, but it's a, it's a really big issue for them as a company, and here's why. Here's why. I'm going out with a young man tomorrow. Um, we're going to have a nice time together. I had mentioned as we were getting to know each other that I'm a big wrestling fan. This is something that I tell people because, you know, it's kind of a nerdy hobby to have. <laughs> so I always tell people up front, hey, wrestling is a thing. I'm going to occasionally ask you to watch wrestling with me, blah, blah, blah. And he said what people always say. Oh, you mean like WWE wrestling? Boom. WWE is synonymous with professional wrestling to society at large. To society who is not involved in wrestling Twitter. Yeah. Like, it is, if you are not plugged into the, like, small community that is the IWC or, like, the Smark fan community, if you're not part of that, like, very small niche of the fan base, like, when people say wrestling, or when when people say wrestling, they hear, oh, WWE? You mean, like, WWE? And so when JR says oh wwe dynamite that matters because it fucks things up for aew as a new company trying to establish a brand name for fans that are used to associating everything with wwe mm-hmm. and i think there's it's also symptomatic of another problem that AEW have it's the the kind of like little dog uh, barking at, at the big dog it shows that WWE are always on their mind. That a Rent dig at WWE, in their head. Yeah, a, a dig at WWE is always on, on the card. So uh, JR still having WWE on his mind, even though he hasn't worked for the company in so long, even though he's worked for uh, their biggest competitor for the last two years, he's still got WWE on his mind. He's still bitter about WWE. If AEW want to be as big as, as they, they claim they want to be, they need to forget about the digs at WWE. Focus big on time. your own wrestling product because as of right now, their wrestling product is better. Yeah, it's better than Raw. It is it's arguably better than SmackDown. Easily better than it's easily better than Raw. I put it in SmackDown, you know, some weeks one is better, some weeks the other is better. It's easily better than Raw. It has an inherent advantage over Raw. Three hours is just too long. It just is. Like, like at the end of the day, Raw is batting from behind every week because three hours is so fucking hard to fill as it is in this generation when we've all got short attention spans. And so, like, it's always batting from behind. On top of that, it's repetitive. So, like, you've got a show that's very long and it's repetitive. Nobody cares. NXT, SmackDown, Dynamite, all two hours. Quick concise enough time to get in there tell three or four consistent stories and then turn it over for the next week correct and so it works and in the case of aew they have a lot of really good stories they're telling right now hangman omega is an amazing story it's an amazing story mjf and jericho which we're going to talk about here in just a quick second is you know it's gone on for too long 
but it continues to be a good story. Um, Big Money Matt is a fun character. The Dark Order are fun characters. This stuff, I don't even like Darby Allen, but his angle with Ethan Page has me intrigued. Mm-hmm. Um, like, they've got a lot of really good stuff going on. And it's really unfortunate that really all they need to do is just take JR out. They don't even need to plug anybody different in. If they let the commentary... If they let the commentary team be uh, just Tony and Excalibur and Taz or Jericho, depending on what's going on in the show, that's good. Tony can run point. Excalibur is a fine second. And Jericho and Taz have good enough chemistry with the two of them to make the booth work. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. Um, a three-man booth just doesn't work for me uh, unless you're having a guest in. Um, and and if there's one person who who could be cut from that movie, it's got to be JR. Um, yeah. He's brilliant at those. Like I said, he's brilliant at those backstage segments, those pre-recorded interviews. He's brilliant at that tar- talent relation. He's brilliant as the ambassador for AEW. He's not good on commentary anymore. And and I think it matters that I think a big reason for that, and I think it matters, is because he doesn't like a lot of the product. And right. you can't you can't be a commentator for something you don't like. Mm-hmm. You can't be you, a good. You've got player. to be invested. You've got to be invested. Yeah, like you know we we've talked before on the show, and I repeatedly say you know one of the best things for New Japan for the English coverage is Kevin Kelly is just phenomenal. He's so invested. He cares so much. He thinks it's amazing, and you can tell, and he puts everything over. Ian Riccoboni makes Ring of Honor watchable. Yes. Like, if you as the commentator don't like the product or understand the product, it's not going to work. That's why Adnan didn't work out. He didn't understand the product that he was being asked to push. (laughs) And it's why, to my surprise, uh, American Ninja Warrior guy is doing pretty good. You can tell that he, that you can Jimmy tell Smith. That he actually, yes, you, because you can tell he actually likes the product. He actually cares about what's happening. He's invested in what's going on. It's why for as annoying as McAfee can be sometimes, it works because he actually likes what's happening. Yeah, it's, it's why Corey Graves is so good at it because he's invested in the product. Yeah, so like JR not caring is a problem. And I think the easiest way to solve that problem is to just remove him from the booth. Correct. Um, the last thing, uh, let's briefly just talk about the MJF Jericho segment. We don't have to talk about the segment itself at all because that feud has gone on for entirely too long and whatever. But, like, fucking fan rush the ring. What a dickhead. Like, are you fucking kidding me? First of all, first of all, I've never understood this. You paid all that money to come to this show just to get arrested? And get your ass whooped by MJF and Chris Jericho. Like, you came all this way and paid all this money just to get arrested. That's like those people that go streaking on fields and stuff. I'm just like, why did you pay all this money to come here just to Mm -hmm. get arrested? And... If you look back in the history of wrestling, every time this happens, there's the same ending. The fan gets a whooping and gets carted off. There was going to be no other outcome for this guy. 
What a what an absolute idiot! And then he got ridiculed by Jericho afterwards. What well, what possesses you? I just I just don't understand. Like, yeah, we just joked about kayfabe's not dead. It's just different. Like, yeah, we we made the joke, but like, what possesses you to do that? Like, I don't like Matt and Nick Jackson at all. I think they're fake Christians. I think they are um, self important and like just smarmy and that's not from a character perspective that is as people i find them smarmy but i would never ever want to physically attack them it's not against the law to be a smarmy prick if you are so in into a product that you feel that you have been slattered by a wrestler to the point where you are going to rush the ring. Go outside right yeah. now and you, touch you need, grass. You need some sort of mental counseling because it, this, folks, is entertainment. It is there yeah. to entertain, not for you to get so defensive about your your favorite that you are willing to go to battle for them in the ring. Yeah. Oh, yeah, if you're taking it that seriously, like, <laughs> for real, y'all, go outside right now, touch some grass, drink some water, seek out the touch of the opposite or same or whatever gender you choose to seek. But, like, do something different because mm-hmm. it's just wrestling. It is. It's, it, you are, I mean, wrestling fans are ridiculed at the best of times. And then fucking idiots do shit like this, and they make they they nail the point that we are we are we do that ridicule because yeah. idiots are like this who, who who think it's real. It was bad, like it was bad <laughs> enough that I thought to myself, man, just let Jericho swing the bat one good time. Yeah. Just let him swing, like just let him take one good oomph and, and be done with this. <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, they, no. but they played it off well. I mean, MJF, uh, MJF, MJF. Any, of you, any of you rednecks want to come? Uh, yeah. and uh, I'll 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 beat you up again. And, asses personally, yeah. and uh, and Jericho, Jericho like, I, I should have let that that fat yeah. bastard beat the fuck out of you. Brilliant, which is hilarious. Which is hilarious because, legitimately, no lie. It looked to me from the camera angle like the dude was going after Jericho, not MJF. Um, which is another thing. Like, yeah, Chris Jericho's gone to the MAGA dark side. But again, that's not worth attacking him over. Unless he's actively staging an insurrection at the Capitol, he does not need to be assaulted. Exactly. Exactly. Um, uh, but this whole uh, pinnacle versus inner circle stuff, um, it was, I felt that, this was probably the weak part of the show and not because this promo, I thought this promo was really well done, but it was how kind of protracted each segment that the, the, the two were involved in. Uh, I mean, we had the, the three man match just beforehand, and then we're going straight into another segment of essentially in the circle versus the pinnacle. It, well, it kind yeah, of, they had two segments for Sean Spears and Sammy Guevara, which can we just say is such a waste of Sammy Guevara. I mean, Sean Spears, man, he, he left WWE because he was sick of being uh, a jobber to be a jobber. I mean, you know, the only thing that he, the only way that he's winning at life. And I say this as the, token gay host of the Chair Shot Radio Network. 
the only way he's winning at life is he's married to Peyton Royce. That's the only that's the only dub that he got. His batting average is way cool. Way cool. Yeah, you know, he he's married to Peyton Royce, so like he's winning there a little bit. But like other than that, like, oh fuck. You know, he he cut that promo where he's talking about and of course the natural question on everybody's lips is why? And I thought to myself, the only time people are asking why in relation to Sean Spears is why is Sean Spears on my television? Yeah, and and even if people were asking questions about Sean Spears, it wouldn't have been that question because there's an easy answer, why? Because you're involved in a fucking storyline where your group and their group are at odds. So that's And why. your only gimmick, your literal only gimmick is that you hit people with chairs. Yeah, that's the second, all there is to you. You are a one second home. best ever chair shot in AEW, apparently. It's like, okay, cool. That's that's great. That's great. Was and the first one was, of course, to old neck tattoo himself. Because everybody got a debut against neck tattoo. Against the cold stuff. Everybody got a debut because LOL Cody wins. Absolutely. Um, but no, um, the biggest takeaway for me, though, is and continues to be wrestling is better in front of live crowds. Yeah, that crowd was was awesome. It was cool seeing people who uh, I know uh, from Twitter as well um, in the crowd and seeing uh, how excited they were, they were and, yeah. and getting the feedback. Um, and for all we've we've shit on this show, it was a still a really it was a good, good episode. It was a good it's episode. A, I mean, as much as I hate the Jacksons, they're good wrestlers. That tag team match was good. The angles that they're doing right now are really good. I'm into a lot of the characters. Like. Dynamite is a good product. It's a frustrating product because Cody Rhodes and because it's fan base, but like it's a good product. Yeah, absolutely. And um, like I said, the, there's uh, there's the there's some really cool storylines. The Dark Order and Hangman stuff is re- I'm fully invested Such in that. Beautiful storytelling. Uh, the Kenny and Hangman stuff really well done. The the um, Moxley and uh, Eddie Kingston and Penta kind of a trifecta is really cool. Um, the 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 Brit Baker I will argue till uh, till my dying day she has been the star of AW oh, in this uh, in this COVID era. Ironically, because she got injured and she was able to to work on that character, she's been absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, there's there's a hell of a lot to enjoy about AEW. It's just sometimes those they push it a little bit too far with the lol Cody wins and oh JR Perving on Annie Anna J and then uh, not being able to get WWE off the mound. Um, yeah, yeah, just, you know, just focus, focus on, your on what you do. Yeah, focus yeah. on what you do because what you do is fun and good when you're focused and in on it. Yes, correct. Um, so, uh, Mags, tell the good people about all of the many things that you're involved in right now. Jesus Christ. So for this hour or so that we've talked, I'm now going to double that with uh, going through all the content. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm all over your airwaves. Uh, on Here on Chairshot, I have five rounds and I also uh, um, I've been flying solo for the last few weeks with uh, uh, the midweek mainstay. Uh, 
with uh, Brother Rance being uh, on assignment, uh, but I also have a, a, a new project, or a relatively new project called Radio Techers, and, and we're uh, coming away from our original horse, and we're taking that onto a solo uh, tip on, on YouTube. Hopefully we're going to uh, bring that kind of a live football flavour there. Uh, we've got a lot of uh, different ideas and, and projects in the pipeline, so I'll definitely keep an eye on my Twitter for news about that. It's at PodfatherMags. And he is the Podfather, y'all. You know you got to check out all Mags' stuff. Mags produces nothing but quality content. I appreciate it. I appreciate you for coming on here, man. Um, Y'all, if you enjoyed the show, remember we are part of the Chairshot Radio Network at Chairshot Media, where we invite you to always use your head. Head over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. We've got all kinds of fun merch and t-shirts like uh, Jesus did the job, hashtag journalism. That's the official shirt of us here at the Outsider's Edge. Be sure to pick up some of that good shit. Um, remember, you can find my missing brothers, Rants, on Twitter at It's Ray Cash, R-E-Y as in Mysterio, C-A-S-H as in dollars. You can find my missing brother Carl on Twitter, the best Twitter on the chair shot, at Outsider Curvin, K-E-R-B-I-N. I am at Dr. S'mores, that's D-R, S'mores. Uh, and the show is at Outsider's Edge, C-S. Uh, and as always, y'all, we here at the Outsider's Edge are some increasingly less young gentlemen doing everything that we can trying to make it out here in this world. And sometimes we're going to hit you with some hard truths like Jimmy Uso is giving us a cry for help and we really, really hope that he gets it. We need to listen to him. Yeah. Um, Other times we're going to hit you with that petty news like ain't nobody here for fucking Sean Spears in 2021. Get the fuck out of here. But no matter what, y'all. We're just out here chasing our dreams, and you have got to respect that. Because if you don't, well, I've been flying solo lately, so, like, you know, I just don't give a fuck. Fuck them. Thanks for listening. We'll catch y'all next time. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc